this is this is this is this is this is this is this this is this is this is this is this is the local music revolution the local music revolution local music revolution local music revolution Hello and welcome to the Local Music Revolution. I am your host, Ogre. How are you guys doing this fine weekday? So for this week, we have a shorter interview um, because originally the guest um, had to go and, and do his thing. I mean, he is a very busy man and I appreciate the time that he gave to the podcast to talk about his wonderful invention. Um so I want to give you a background about how I found this guy and how this interview got set up because I think the story in and of itself sh- should be a testament to um, getting past um, a lot of things as a musician. So here goes. I am an avid YouTube follower. I really enjoy watching videos from YouTube celebrities that I deem very interesting. I don't follow that pop mainstream stuff. Um, I try to stick with music because those people actually talk about amazing things. They show you demos that you wouldn't be able to even do in Guitar Center. And you just gain knowledge from watching these beautiful minds work. So I I love to follow Rob Chapman. He is amazing. Uh, Jared Dines, you've probably seen him. Rob Scallion, genius. I mean, Cowboys from Hell on a ukulele, an ML-shaped ukulele for that matter, just incredible. And this brings me to the gentleman that made this all possible. Might never hear this, but thank you to Fluff, Ryan Bruce, whatever you want to go by. Um, That gentleman, um, one of his very, very early videos I was watching, and he actually went as far as talking about this little clip that was on his guitar and what it did for him, where you can get it. So I was like, you know what? If this guy believes in this product enough, I'm going to follow the inventor or the page. So I added the gentleman and about a year later I'm going through my friends list seeing if there's anybody new that I can interview and the Jimmy clip pops up now before I go into the story of how this happened I want to preface this by saying I am a believer in certain things I believe that you should just go for it Um, it's this podcast if there's anything I've learned time and time again it's that you go for it And you do your own thing, and when the time is right, people will notice. And now I can get back to the story. I sent a message to Jim, and I was like, hey, man, you know, I found your clip through Ryan Bruce. I love what you're doing. I love the fact that you saw a problem and you invented something to fix it, and I would love to interview you. And I didn't think anything of it, kind of like I did with the... Uh, string joy endorsement and the dirtbag endorsement and a couple days later jim responds and he says this is a great idea i would love to do it so the interview was scheduled and we did have the interview which you will be hearing in a minute but 
It's a short interview because Jim is a very busy man. He does have a day job and he does run the company for Jimmy Clip. So this gentleman took his time out to talk to me about this wonderful invention that he was a part of. Well, let's rephrase that. It was actually his idea and then he modified it to become what it is today. And it's fantastic. Fantastic enough that people actually call him and contact him. People you may have actually heard of are using this clip in recording and live settings. It's a simple, simple invention. All it does is clip on the strings, uh, past the nut and past the bridge of those tunomatic guitars. And it is insane how much it works. I mean, I have a set and they work and they are wonderful. So if you are curious, just look at the headstock of whoever your favorite guitarist is. If you see a little black clip or a little clip on that, there is a good chance that that is the Jimmy clip and you are witnessing this gentleman's idea being used by other musicians, which is fantastic. So that is why I wanted to interview him and share him with everybody listening to this podcast. Speaking of everybody listening to this podcast, I want to say thank you to everybody because I announced the show last week and I created the event page and the tickets are out for printing and it's taking forever to get those things done and everybody that I've talked to is really, really excited about this show. This show is going to be at the very least one of the most fun things I've done in the past 10 years and I've done the podcast for um, going on a year now. It's incredible. So thank you guys so much for the backing, the support, the love, whatever you want to call it. You guys are amazing, and I cannot tell you how amazing it is for you guys to enjoy this as much as I do. I really do love doing this. I love bringing musicians to people. I also really enjoy being sponsored. (laughs) It's a terrible segue, but let's just go with it for today. I really enjoy these sponsors because these sponsors, these people that I have backing this podcast are people I believe in. Um, They do good by the artist and that's what I want in people that I have as part of the show. That is why Dirtbag now has a segment on this show is because they do great by their artists and they are amazing. Plus, their clothing is awesome. Hats, beanies, Uh, lanyards my lanyard is badass I mean that thing has been with me for over a year now and there is no fraying no anything and it has a bottle opener as part of the lanyard I love that thing so much like I I have an extra one just in case as an insurance policy and I haven't used it yet Um, so that is amazing in and of itself basically what I'm trying to say is dirtbag clothing is awesome on stage, off stage, backstage, in your daily life, just repping that you use dirtbag clothing. I mean, they are the brand that I really enjoy. So go to dirtbag.com, check out what they're offering. Right now they have hoodies with mega zippers, which is awesome. So check that out. If you are able to talk to one of them, tell them you heard about Dirtbag through the local music revolution. Also, if you want to talk to me about podcast things and music, you can get a hold of me through facebook.com slash the local music revolution on Twitter at TLMR podcast on Instagram at the local music revolution on Tumblr at 
tumblr.com slash the local music revolution and on wordpress the local music revolution.wordpress.com there you will get all the updates and everything you need to know about the podcast is on that site all right everything is said that i need to say let's get to this this is jim talking about his wonderful invention the jimmy clip all right i'm here with jim robbins the creator of the jimmy clip how are you doing man i'm doing great how are you i'm doing well thank you very much for asking so let's jump right into this um you developed the jimmy clip which is an attachment for the guitar um but how did you come up with it like what made you actually stop and say this needs to be a a product um well uh i'm i'm also a guitar player and artist so uh, it came up out of necessity really uh I played. I used to play a lot of uh, percussive type music, so there would be a lot of stops. And when you're playing in higher gain, you usually end up hearing these little chimes or little ringing sounds from the strings that are in the after length of the string, from like either from the bridge point to the end of the string going towards the body, or from the nut going to the string tuners. Those strings, since the whole guitar vibrates, those strings also vibrate. Wow. And when you stop this, yeah, when you stop the uh, the actual playing, you don't stop those sections from ringing with your hands. So it, it drove me nuts for years, and you know I, I did what everybody else does. You know, put tape, uh, duct tape, masking tape, fader tape. Uh, some people have have used foam. Uh, other people have used uh, socks, bandanas, hair ties, all of that stuff. Hey, there's a Los Angeles thunder going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you said that you you're a guitar player and there was a lots of starts and stops. What kind of music are you playing? Uh, right currently, I'm not playing anything. I just uh, just disbanded uh, two two or three years ago. Okay. And uh, again, I'm just uh, focusing on on. You know, getting back out of the hole that you get in when you make music your life for the most part. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, I will be getting back in. You know, the bug does bite, and, and, and get, you get back into it. Yeah, it's, but at it's, the moment, it's I'm all about just uh, you know trying to focus on the task at hand now. All right, so you said that you needed this out of necessity. So how did the the creation process work? Uh, Were there a bunch of different ideas floating around, or did you concentrate on just the design that you have now? Um, It's essentially the design I had now. Um, I I do have to say that the person who who inspired me to create it, his name is Brian Mendez, and uh, he owns Colossal Cable. Okay. down in Austin, Texas. He used to live up here in Los Angeles with me. Well, he used to live up in Los Angeles. We didn't live together. <laughs> and um, we worked together, and he created, you know, a, a better mousetrap with what he was doing with his cables, which inspired me to, you know, create something myself. So um, that's how that came. The, the whole impetus of, hey, let's get this going, it came from him basically saying, well, come on, create something. Uh, as far as the design, uh, I was trying to figure out uh, how to how to do something that isn't really exactly what um, Jennifer Batten or or uh, Michelangelo Beto or actually Groove Gear. The uh, they they make a the uh, string deadening device also, 
And there's also a, a gentleman named Van Epp, who was a jazz guy back in the day. And he actually had, they all have patents for what they do. So I had to come up with something that doesn't infringe on anyone's patents as well. Wow. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds like it was actually a really daunting task. Uh, it, was, it was a challenge. It, um, getting, trying to get signed in a band is a daunting task. Trying to invent by comparison is just a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned Groove Gear. So um, how is yours different than Groove Gear? Um, is the deadening um, more spot on with yours? Um, because it actually clips onto the strings, right? Uh, yes. Well, that's the uh, the one difference, and which is why uh, I'm also, you know, having the patent. You know, the patent is process is going on right now. My uh, what separates my um, string deadening from everybody else's is the actual way it does, uh, the way it's done. It goes just on the strings. It doesn't touch the body. It, you don't put screw holes or you don't uh, tape anything or fasten anything onto the actual guitar itself. So it doesn't like screw up the uh, integrity or the original aesthetics of the guitar. So you could just like when you take the string, you take it off, you take the strings off, put new strings on, and then you put it right back on, and it doesn't damage or would do anything to your guitar. That's Groove awesome. Gear also. Oh, sorry. No, go uh, ahead. Groove Gear. <laughs> we got that delay thing going. <laughs> uh, Groove Gear also has uh, one thing that they do. Um, they also you could slide. Groove gears uh, fret wrap onto the actual fingerboard, and that helps with people who do tapping and stuff like that. Mine doesn't do that. Mine is strictly just to clean up all guitar stops and 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 keep the percussiveness of certain people's playing, uh, you know, intact. And it also saves uh, engineers and uh, producers hours of comp time. Like when, when you you do several passes of a guitar track. And then you want to get the best possible compilation of the whole thing. Sometimes when you do the stops, you'll hear that sound, which also, again, it, it, it pisses off and compromises the performance and pisses off the uh, producer. So wow. that also helps in cleanup time. So your initial designs, um, did, were they homemade kind of uh, devices, or did you actually send them to uh, get factory made? Both. Uh, the, the original one and, and the, uh, you know, it, most people when they look at it, they're like, oh, it looks like a hair clip. <laughs> it started out from a hair clip. I took, I bought several hair clips at like a 99 cent store because I was going to cut them all up. I cut them up. I, uh, I did several other things to try and make it clip on and I'm soldering pieces on, you know, and, and all of that. And I still have the, the first two Frankenstein ones I built. Nice. Um, that Having that design though, I was like, all right, well, this this isn't going to work because one, the hair clips aren't they, they're a certain length, but it's nowhere near the length you would need for like the end of the guitar. So I actually had to measure it to what it would need for spacing for like say a Les Paul spacing above okay. the nut. So I started with that, and then I made a longer one, which doubles. It, it usually goes at the, uh, the bass section uh, between the bridge and the, where the strings end. Okay. That, down at the bottom of the Les Paul style guitar, wow. or it also works up at the headstock for seven, eight, and certain nine string guitars. 
as well as basses, and uh, one cello and one violin. Wow, that is yeah. awesome, man. Um, so yeah, I, I also yeah I did. I'm sorry to cut you off. I also had to um, sit there and measure it exactly. So I did it. I worked in millimeters, which is you know a little more precise than working with the, the Queen's uh, measurements. <laughs> I went to machine shop in where was I? I don't even know, Arcadia or Thunder. I was in Arcadia. I had it done, but it was ridiculously expensive to have it done, and they didn't want to do it again. Wow. Then I found, then I found a place out in Utah. Uh, it was a friend of mine uh, that we met while we were touring when I was in the band I was in. We were touring, and he worked in a machine shop, and he just nailed it. I told him what I needed. I needed you know, this specific thing. The spring's a certain gauge and all this other stuff, and he nailed it. And he's actually uh, essentially the partner at Midnight Motions. Wow. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, were there any initial testers other than you? Um, yes. There were. Uh, can you name them, or are they uh, secret? Uh, no, I, I can name a few of them. Okay. Um, I, the, uh, one of my main testers is this guy, Paul Fig. Paul Figueroa. He's a uh, an engineer. He worked on uh, Alice in Chains and... and Deftones and all this, all that good stuff. Wow! Uh, I gave one to him. Actually, I gave a set to him, and I I lent the other set around to a bunch of other people. And actually, Chris Poland has that set now. Chris Chris has the other one. Nice. And uh, yeah, and um, Paul um, was working with a particular artist. I can't mention who they are because I haven't gotten permission or rights. But that person to this day still has the prototype on his guitar. To wow. this day, and yeah. after we're done with the interview, I'll, I'll tell you where you can go see a video of it. <laughs> all right, man. All right, awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So after um, the inventing, after the the testing, uh, you had to get funds. So uh, in 2012, you did a Kickstarter campaign. How'd that work out for you, man? I failed miserably. <laughs> However, it got the word out. Okay. And uh, actually, Chris Poland was gracious enough to be in the in the video, and I, I'm forever grateful for Chris for that. Um, back when I worked in, in a different company, and uh, it kind of having him do it because he's so meticulous with his tone and everything, every single part of the chain from his hands to what you hear, right down, you know, speakers, everything. He's so meticulous, and he put it on his guitar, and he's like, "Oh, this thing's cool." And I was like, oh, my God, he likes it. Thank God. <laughs> so and I was like, do you mind if, if, you know, would you be willing to do a video for me for the Kickstarter? And he's like, I'd love to. And, and he, to this day, I think he still uses them. I've given him about four sets now. I haven't seen him in over a year. I saw him last at NAMM. And uh, he was running by, and he stopped by, and he said hi, and that was it. And he took off. Uh, but he, he loved it. And, uh, you know, I'm allowed to use his name. So <laughs> that speaks volumes. <laughs> All right, so I, w- I want to clear this up. This is the same Chris Poland that was in Megadeth, right? This is correct. Yeah, one of my guitar idols when I was a child. Yes. Okay, I just had to make sure because I, I I know the name and I know Megadeth, but I wasn't sure if it was the same person. So. Yes, that that Chris Poland. Yes. Um, did he by chance use uh, the Jimmy clip while he was uh, in Megadeth the most recent no. time? No. No, uh, he left Megadeth after Peace Sells record. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, 
I, I he's th- doing uh, he's doing several things now. He's doing uh, Ohm O H M. Okay. Where it's it's kind of um, a fusiony type of thing, and he also does you know he's he's jumped on a Lamb of God track here and there. He does. Jeff Loomis is has uh, played with him a couple of times and stuff. But uh, yeah, he wasn't there for Megadeth. With that. I just created it in 2012. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. So. Uh... What was the initial response? Um, you said the Kickstarter campaign had failed, but uh, once you got things rolling and you started having people uh, playing these things on a regular basis, how was the initial response for you? Um, I, I would say it's pretty good. I mean, you are going to get those level of people saying, hey, you know, I could use a hair clip or I can use a hair tie or, you know, I can use, you know, anything, a piece of tape, a piece of foam. You know, and you know, I don't, I don't see the reason to buy that. You know, it's way too expensive. Blah blah blah. But you know, at the same time, it's you know, I, I overall everybody likes it. The uh, the one thing is when I had the protos, uh, one artist walked into where I was working, one of the guitar artists, and uh, he saw it immediately. He goes, "Oh, that's cool. Where'd you get that?" Because he knew exactly what it was. As soon as he saw it, he knew what it did. And I didn't have to explain anything to him, so I knew I was onto something. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> That's great. Um, I forgot to ask you, uh, but um, the dampening of the strings—is it just because it's clamped on, or do you have foam in between there? I have uh, foam on the uh, the top part. Okay. That that would go like at the top of the strings, and the uh, this um, out of the bottom one, I have shrink wrap rubber. Okay. So it doesn't scratch your finish when you put it on and you take it off. Okay. And also because you don't want metal touching metal. Uh, so so it's just there to uh, to give the tension to the strings and the foam. Yeah, I'll send you a okay. set. Uh, again, once we're done with the interview, just we'll we'll talk. You give me your address. Oh, awesome, man! Well, that's that's very nice of you. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoy. It. I think that's an amazing product, man. It really is. Thank you very much. All right, so again, there's nothing sorry. wrong with groove gear, uh, groove, rat, uh, groove gear, fret wrap either. Not that I'm promoting them, but um, I'm not one of those that's going to pretend that they don't exist. It, it, there is a need, and there's two products out there now that do it. So, well, hey, man, I mean, uh, it wouldn't be fun if there wasn't a challenge, right? I mean, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> so, um, so on that note, um. Have you actually faced any challenges other than the patents and trying to get people to understand what you're doing? Um, the whole thing was a challenge, you know, finding an investor to to put the initial uh, capital up to get it done. I had to go um, all over Southern California, and I actually hit up parts of eastern uh, New York and, you know, the eastern seaboard trying to get a machine shop to actually make these things. I went to actual jewelry people also. You know, I figured they, they're used to working in intricate little you know, screws and, and, wow. and springs and stuff. And again, um, Alex up in Utah, he's like, we can do it. And I sort of sent him one. He says, yeah, we can do it. So he had to reverse engineer it and take it apart just to see exactly what's going on. And we talked about, you know, the grades of steel and stuff like that that he uses and and everything's fine. That was a, That was the biggest challenge uh, it was finding a place I could do it. And again, to, to Alex's credit, it's exactly what was in my head is, is a, a product that's out there, which is really shocking, you know. <laughs> anyway. All right. So 
um, doing the research for this, um, I found that, that there's a bunch of, of artists that are using the Jimmy clip right now. Um, are, are there any specific ones that, uh, that you can talk about? Um, do you work with them personally or do they, they call you and ask you to put their name on the clip? Okay. Um, this is how that worked. I was artist relations for a, uh, a certain guitar company a few years ago when I, when I did the Kickstarter. Since then, I've gone back to the amplifier company that I work for. And uh, I've ended up, again, also living in Los Angeles, I've ended up, you know, meeting these people and, and forming relationships with them. Um, I'm allowed to mention them quite a few of them, but if, again, the, the biggest one that I want to mention, I'm not allowed to mention. Just you guys have to just pay attention to what he's doing. That's that's it. But um, like uh, as far as the ones who get their name on it, that's a, a an idea that Alex came up with last year to customize the clips because there is a problem. A lot of producers buy clips and then their bands that come in to work with them take the clips when they leave and then they have to buy more clips. Oh, wow. And then the next band takes the clips. You know, again, you know. <laughs> It's a, I must be doing a good job if people decide to take them. So to combat that, we've made a few with people's names on them. It's just so like, well, you can't take it. It's got his name on it. Like Again, Paul Fig is one of them. We have ones with Paul Fig. And that artist that I was talking about has Paul's on his guitar now, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, it just, it's hilarious. But um, the, the, the people of note at the moment uh, is Justin Derrico. He's the guitarist for Pink and also the guitarist for The Voice. Oh wow! He has several. Yeah, he has several of them. Nice. Fantastic guitar player, really, really nice person. Uh, Chris Poland, uh, Meeks from Cold Chamber. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the one that a lot of people are starting to ask about because we, we posted pictures with his name because he wanted his name and his font, so we did that for him. Um, a bunch of bands. Um, Sin Kieran from Ministry has a, a set. Oh, nice. I've been him in over a year, yeah. Um, a lot of producers are really becoming the, the guys who are who are um, repeat customers, and, and, and they're really pushing it. Uh, there's another gentleman, Rod Castro. He's a session cat out here in Los Angeles. Very good. Nice. He's got a, he's like three or four sets, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think of all of these people. Sean De La Tour from a band called Death Divisions on the road right now. With Wednesday thirteen, uh, he's got wow. them. I'm trying to think of who else had them. Oh man, you got, you have to go on the uh, on the website or on the Jimmy Kip Clip uh, Facebook page to see. Because a lot of my friends and I'm like, oh, man, I can't draw in a blank now. It's like being on Jeopardy. You don't know the answer when you're there. <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, I my actually <laughs> I actually found the Jimmy Clip because of a YouTube um, um, gentleman named Fluff or uh, Ryan Bruce. Oh, Ryan Ryan Bruce. All right, let me. I can't believe I didn't mention him. He <laughs> is the man. He is the man with capital T H E. The man. He got one of those prototypes back in when I worked at a guitar company, and he has he. He's basically put us on the map. He's responsible for, I would say, easily half of all of our sales. I can't wow. say enough about that guy. He he's doing a lot of gear reviews now, and he's he's getting the recognition he deserves. He's just a fantastic person. I met him a few times at NAMM, maybe ten minutes each time, because he's he's got such a full plate when he goes there. Yeah. But um, him, 
and uh, you know, Jason Burns also. They they had a, a uh, video thing called Gear Addicts. Oh yes, that yes. Was really yeah, all of those guys. They're just huge, huge, huge uh, proponents of where what's going on today. And I'm really, really grateful for them. And thank you for reminding me because <laughs> he really deserves a shout out, Ryan. Well, amazing. Well, it's uh. He's been a very big inspiration to me um, in the home studio aspect of everything. Um, and uh, that idea, I mean, I looked at it and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. And um, I finally was able to find you on Facebook, and that's how we got the interview rolling. But um, it's just incredible to see that this guy um, was helping a fledgling cl- company uh, at a time when it's needed. So, um, yeah, I really enjoy that, man. Well, thank you. And be sure to visit, go visit Ryan Bruce or, or Fluff on his pages too, anybody out there listening. He is hilarious. I, I love his sense of humor. Makes my day every time you post a video. Yeah, um, he's, as cool, he's as cool as he is on the videos. <laughs> that's really nice to hear. Man. Not an act. Yeah, that's him. All right. So um, you're working at the company. Um, um, I'm sorry, the Amplifier Company. Um, that yeah. has remained anonymous. Um, it has remained anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> so is the Jimmy... Ventures if I keep getting calls at that place for about the Jimmy Clip. I don't <laughs> want to go that route. Um, so the Jimmy Clip, is this a full-fledged side business that you are doing? Um, um, is, is it um, just something you're doing on the side, or is it actually a business that you kind of want to take over and uh, um, do yourself? Um, I would love for it to take take off and you know be completely uh, you know autonomous and not have to do a day job and that would be my job and you know sell sell a million clips a year or a half a million clips a year that would be fantastic. However, um, that is not realistic at this point. <laughs> it usually takes uh, five years to, to get things going, and uh, I'm just about. Uh, paid paid off on my uh, investment, my initial oh, nice. investment, which which was quite a bit. If you, if you think about R and D and to get a prototype made, and then you know the, the patent and all that other stuff, it it's there's an awful lot going into that. It's not, oh well, you know he's living out in the Hamptons, you know, and people are buying clips, and you know he's just doing his thing. That's not it at all. I still have a day job, and uh, I also haven't really, aside from like Facebook Gorilla. Um, advertising i haven't really gotten any advertising again except for ryan bruce you know <laughs> fluff amazing <laughs> he is an amazing human uh that is it so you know I've, I've approached all the accessory companies and they're all like oh this is a niche we really we're really not uh seeing you know that kind of a profit or anything like that and uh we almost had something going on with retail but uh it was a thing with the margin we tried to keep the margin uh you know, relatively affordable, you know, because these are made in America by Americans with American steel. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a completely American product, you know, not to wave the flag around or anything, but it's not sent out to China where it's made for like four cents, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's made people with living wages. And, you know, those people are, that's their day job making things. So, you know, you have to pay for, you know, and you get good quality. So, uh- the twenty we uh, we charge twenty five dollars for a set of two, okay. No matter what size, if you want it too large, too standard, whatever. Um, and 
some people think that's a lot, but again, you know, if you knew how much they cost, then how much to package it, then how much to get it painted, then how much to get that guy to to, to put the shrink wrap on the bottom part, you know, it everybody needs to get paid. And it's, you know, that's just business. Well, hey, man, I mean, you, you spent the time and effort actually trying to create this thing. And from what I've heard, every time it's used, it's amazing. It, it does exactly what you say it does, and it... it it deadens those stops are accurate as as all hell so i mean it's <laughs> you have a right to be able to try to grow your business man thank you well don't don't forget that it's only gonna deaden the stops you still need to have technique if you don't practice it's a waste of time <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so on on that note um in the future, as you as you continue to grow, um, are you thinking about doing sponsorships for um, for artists, or is that something that's just not on the plate? Uh, it's we've done a few. Um, there are a few people that we've we've uh, given a set to, or you know, a few sets to. Uh, again, but it's not like you know. Aside from the very first time. Uh, we came out where we gave out 50 sets right out of the bat, like Jeez. Again, to, to people like Sim Kieran from Ministry, uh, Shane Fritz from We Had a Riot, uh, people like that. Uh, Ryan Bruce obviously gets his. He he doesn't have to pay for his, but he he also doesn't need that many anymore. Um, we give it to if like if we have it if, if we have one that's not perfect, we'll we'll send it to somebody. But um, overall, I, again, I haven't even gotten my initial investment paid off yet so uh, as far as sponsorship i would love to um you know i do what i can but but we're not we're not at that point where like oh here you go here's a box of 30 go have fun with that we can't do that yet (laughs) um but on the other hand also anybody who does purchase them i always say you know please send a picture of you using it or you having it on your guitar and anybody who sends that to me i put it up on facebook and then everybody starts to, you know, everybody looks at it, or and and that generates interest, as well as you know, giving that guitar player or that particular artist, you know, a little exposure, you know, so so they they can see like, wow, you know, this guy's like, he just put it up there. That's cool, you know. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really cool of, of you to do. So on your website, it says the new black one, and um. It looks like you're expanding um, into getting the names on the clips and things like that. So, um, are there any future advancements that you're looking forward to, or is that going to be after the initial investment has been paid off? Oh, yeah, I, uh, I am uh, looking into other things right now, but again, it's uh, more in the research and development of it. There's only two or three other things at the moment that strike me as something that needs to be done. All right, so um, where can people find the Jimmy Clip, um, and how are you guys uh, putting it out there? Okay, uh, you can go, you can find out um, where to get the Jimmy Clip at www.thejimmyclip.com. Okay. Or you could go to uh, midnightmotions.com website, and you, you can get it from there as well. Um, basically, uh, you can just hit up the Facebook page. All right, it's that Jimmy was Clip. Jim, the inventor uh, of the Jimmy, Clip. the Jimmy Clip. 
Wonderful and, conversation. Uh, that's basically Glad to be at the part moment, of it. Glad to talk to him about his invention and the process awesome. behind it. Um, I and actually I saw them enough, on Amazon like too. Is that you behind that, you or is see it some, um, your favorite else. guitarist? That's news to using me. The Jimmy <laughs> It's all right, man. I guess I'll have to check that when I get home. Amazing all right, man. To know that well, they are um, using this yeah, clip. Um, thank that you very much just a for your time. To a simple problem in the studio. Congratulations, Jim, man. It, it's amazing that this has gone as far as it has. Congratulations and good luck in the future. Also, before I move on, I want to say thank you to Jim because he did call back a while after that and he did record all of the holiday specials for last year and he was a trooper. We were able to talk and have a good time and enjoy like recording the podcast, which is amazing that he would do that again. So thank you, man. You are truly amazing. And now here's the second part of this episode. Without any further ado, Smitty from Dirtbag Clothing interviewing Wake the Fear. Welcome to the Dirtbag Block of Rock on Cranked Up Live. I'm your host, Dirtbag Smitty. New year, 2016. New opportunities, new bands. We got Mr. Cabo and Mr. Scott Bingham from the band Wake the Fear. Thank you guys for being on the phone today. Not only are you the first band for the Dirtbag Block of Rock for 2016, but I got two of you on a phone call, which is amazing. Tell everybody hello. Hey, all right, man. Glad to be here. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Tell me a little bit about Wake the Fear, Scott. Me and uh, Cabo, we, we both ride motorcycles together in the same group so it's been the best uh, project that I've been in yet and I think all of us would agree the same it's not necessarily the, the talent the chemistry together all of us getting in there we just get in there and work and everybody just busts their ass and man it just uh, it just comes out in the music tell the people tell the listeners uh, what are some bands that uh, you guys kind of sound like or uh, maybe some influences so that way they can they can understand who we're talking about here well definitely uh, metal definitely heavy as hell if you've got a lot of history in metal you can hear a little bit of everything Singing us from from Iron Maiden to Pantera to Bigger Mortis, something along those lines, Ministry, a little bit of everything from Southern metal to progressive metal, a little bit of everything. All right, I got a few questions for you guys. I'm just going to reel them off real quick. Just give me the, the, the quickest answer that pops in your head, man. Scott, Kool Aid or Crystal Light? Kool Aid. Cabo, Whataburger or In N Out? Whataburger. Yeah, you guys are from Texas. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, and both you guys, Slayer or Lamb of God? Ooh, Slayer. Did you guys both answer Slayer at the same time? Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Last question, Cabo. Small, intimate club or an outdoor festival? That's a trick question, but I, I would go for the outdoor because it always sounds better outdoors. Yeah, I agree, man. It's big open spaces. Is there anything you guys would like to say to the fans, the listeners? 2016 going to be a badass year. We're going to get out there. We're going to tear it up. Hey, guys, this is Scott Payne, man. Awake the fear. Come out and see us on January 30th at the rail in Fort Worth, Texas. We're going to be playing with Unearthed. It's going to be a hell of a show. Can't wait to see it. Guys, uh, we got a new single fixing to play for you here. This is called Eyes of the Devil on Dirtbag's Block of Rock. Everything that stays the same 
music from Wake to Fear and other Dirtbag-sponsored artists, visit Dirtbag.com. The Dirtbag Block of Rock is brought to you by Dirtbag Clothing on Cranked Up Live, sponsored by EMG Pickups. That was Smitty interviewing Wake the Fear. Um, really good song, by the way. I heard Wayne Static in the, the vocals, but that could just be me because I've been listening to a lot of Static X lately. So, um, it is what it is. What do you think about the songs? Let me know. Um, you can go to facebook.com slash the local music revolution on Twitter at TLMR podcast on Instagram at the local music revolution on WordPress at, uh, the local music revolution dot WordPress dot com. And that Tumblr is working when WordPress decides to post it up there. So, uh, tumblr.com slash the local music revolution, all of those you can get behind you can follow keep up to date with the show and see where the progress is and if you want you can suggest musicians i do take those into consideration and try to contact people if you are a listener on any of the platforms that we are on um, and one of them goes off like last week when stitcher went down you can also find us on youtube which i am backlogged please forgive me it's been a crazy hectic couple of months but you can also check us out on itunes all you have to do is go to the podcast section and search the local music revolution um stitcher last time i checked is back up and running and kicking some ass so you can go to stitcher look up the local music revolution and all of the episodes are there waiting for you to listen and enjoy the content speaking of enjoying things stringjoy.com Customize the strings to help you enjoy your playing even better. Ah, segues. You've got to love them. In any event, stringjoy.com, they do customize strings to your specifications, or you can tell them what you want, what you hear in your head, and they will suggest gauges for you. They work with you on those custom sets. Also, they do have the ability to create instrument cables down to the specific inch that you want them with either the straight or 90 degree connector and your favorite color. So when you get to that website and you order all of that stuff that you really need to make your guitar sound its best, enter the promo code LOCAL, that's L-O-C-A-L, and you will get a discount for being a great listener of the Local Music Revolution. Alright guys. That wraps it up for this episode of the Local Music Revolution. Again, Tulare, California on April 9th is the time and place to be because the Local Music Revolution will be celebrating the one year of this podcast. I cannot believe it's been one year. It is insanity to think that this podcast has been around for a year. There's been enough musicians on this show to last over a year. I mean, you guys are incredible. The listeners are great. The musicians that back this show are amazing. So I thought I'd throw that show. So there's going to be five bands. It's going to be amazing. We are going to pack that place. We're going to rock the hell out. And we are going to play some video games afterwards. So it's April 9th here in Tulare, California. It's going to be at a little bar I really enjoy going to called Barmageddon. They are awesome. So check them out if you are in the area. Have a beer. 
and uh, let them know that you heard about them on the local music revolution. That's it. There's no more of this episode to do. Thank you again for being so amazing. As always, this is the local music revolution. I am Ogre. You are fantastic. Until next time, take care and be good, everyone. The local music revolution, 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 local music revolution.